1: When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh-hand, burned-piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well.
2: Snap. Final play of the game. Ron waiting for the whiteouts to get down field. Launches the throw down toward the goal line going up. Ball tipped to the left. Touchdown! Gordon Westerkamp! Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest! Oh! Baby! side, back to throw as Martinez, now being chased, throws it out, a flat, Burkhead makes a catch, sits a tackle, 25-20, 15-10, 20, 5,
1: Rex Burkhead touchdown, a going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us. We got Zach here because I didn't introduce myself on the last episode like you don't know my voice already, but no big deal. Fitz, what's up?
0: Not much, just uh, not much.
1: That's fabulous. I'm, I'm glad not much is going on.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I, my my go to is to talk about special teams, but I was threatened before, so I will not do that now. So I'm just going to pass it back to you, and you can introduce uh, our another our next host. I'm
1: surprised you didn't say you were going to kick it back to me. You know, I know how you special teams guys are, so I'm just going to mosey on right past that sh- that easy joke, Drake. What's up, buddy?
2: Oh, not much. I'm actually looking forward to this one. This is probably our first podcast where bits cannot talk about kicking our special teams, so I'm super excited about that. Um, and we can actually really get into it, so I'm looking forward oh, to tonight's guest.
0: It, oh, there'll be a way, don't worry. I was going
1: to don't challenge him, Jesus Christ. Yeah, don't t- don't make it easy on him.
0: It's it's now it's now on. So bunting bunting in old man softball and talking about special teams. It's my two skills, so it, it's where I'm at. So so Sorry. so we're gonna
1: be good when I introduce our our guest. The the reason that we are here tonight, um. Big Nebraska transfer uh, from Southern Mississippi, uh, Charlie Fisher. Charlie, what's going on, man?
3: Nothing, man. I appreciate y'all having me on tonight.
1: Yeah, it's it's a blast to have um, a big addition on here. You know, we've only had, I think, what, one other baseball player on here, guys? Maybe two? Uh,
2: I
0: don't know Did, if we've don't... had any current players. We had Lizy had We had, a bas- we had Lisey, the We had an analyst. We had a Big Ten commentator, analyst, yeah. former Husker player. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, we've
1: had a player. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't think we did, and and thank you guys for being able to, you know, fill that all in for me. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for for that. Um, we're we're super excited to have you on here. Um, uh, you know, being a guy from you were a Minnesota guy and then went down to Southern Miss. That's a that's a long damn time away from home.
3: Yeah, no, was, uh I grew up in Edina, Minnesota, so about ten minutes outside of Minneapolis, and. Hattiesburg, Mississippi was the location of uh, Southern Miss. So that's about 18 and a half hours away. Um, parents weren't too happy when I made the decision to go that far, especially my mom. But, yeah, no doubt. It was definitely uh, definitely a far away from home for sure.
1: I was going to say the accent is definitely not a uh, typical Minnesota accent. So I see Hattiesburg's rubbed off on you a little bit.
3: Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to lie to you. My freshman year when I would go home, I would kind of BS the, uh, the Southern accent to my buddies. They're like, Bro, there's no way you picked it up in a month and a half. But,
2: uh, <laughs> Why not? Bri- Brian Kelly picked it up in a
0: day.
3: Yeah. No, oh, that possible. is
0: fantastic. It's possible.
3: But, uh, no, I got a little mix of both. Um, I try to be – I try to stay in the middle. Um, yeah. So, what? I'll my yes, ma'am, yes, sirs to be respectful. But you'll also you'll be in Minnesota in there too.
2: Yeah, you'll fit in perfect in Lincoln. You you don't really have an accent either way, but you got the yes, ma'ams, yes, sirs. That'll be perfect for the Midwest
3: how did
0: you go to what uh, what kind of led you to that program uh four years ago
3: yeah no so uh i don't know if y'all have heard the name matt walner um he was a pretty highly touted recruit out of minnesota he was actually committed to north dakota and then their program was cut he went to he ended up going to southern miss um had a heck of a career he was drafted i think in the line their assistant chad kai ended up coming up to minnesota and watching me um, and we g- developed a great relationship. And to be completely honest, I didn't even know in high school what Southern Miss was. Um, when they contacted me, I thought it was Southern Missouri. So I can say that now in a funny way. At the time, it was really <laughs> I went down there with my dad, got on a visit, and I loved it. I mean, being from Minnesota, just baseball is not huge. Um, you got hockey and all sorts of stuff besides baseball. So going somewhere in the South where baseball was really loved and there was a huge fan base and was just great atmosphere all around in the city of Hattiesburg, it was just an unbelievable experience.
2: Now, uh, what other schools were uh, kind of recruiting you out of high school? What, was Soul Southern Miss kind of your top target, or how how was that recruiting process out of high school?
3: Yeah, it was good. Um, I wouldn't say I was under recruited. I think I had some, had a lot of. Uh, I'm trying to think of a way to say this without sounding like a total d bag, but just I, there were a good amount of schools talking to me, um, but in the sense of. I think I was under-recruited in the sense of I wasn't really a big showcase player. Um, if I went to showcases, my numbers weren't great. I was more of a, you got to come watch me play, um, which I love that about myself. I love getting after it, but also it's tough when you go to places and you are, uh, you're not putting up huge numbers where other guys are, and you know, just deep down, you're a better player than them, better player than they are at the time. But yeah, I mean, Southern Miss, Tulane, um, Minnesota a little bit, kind um, of thing. It's been about 40 years since I was in high school, it feels like. Um,
0: welcome welcome to my <laughs> world <laughs>
3: uh, there's a there's a good array of schools all around the country that that i talk to and develop relationships with and that's why this process um entering the transfer portal was pretty cool it Was kind of getting to relive that but having some previous knowledge um of what to look out for and things of that nature this
2: uh the second time around the second time around your recruitment obviously went way faster i mean you announced that you were hitting the portal and nine days later you were committed to nebraska um what i don't think we've asked this to any ball players that we've talked to that have hit the portal when you hit the portal do you kind of have a list of schools that you're interested in or are you waiting to see who contacts you
3: yeah it was a little bit of both um i'll be honest leaving southern miss just leaving an atmosphere a fan base like that um i mean there was no bad blood the, the place is great i had put my four years in um, and got my degree from there i love southern miss um but, yeah, putting my name in the portal at first, it was like, okay, I kind of want to stay in the south. Um, but then at the same time, I was like, I just want to find somewhere similar to Southern Miss and a fan base that loves baseball, a program that's won before coaching staff. Um, so, like, you have the, the basic um, principles of what you're looking for. I don't really know how to describe it. Um, but I didn't have, like, a, yeah, 100%. I didn't have, like, a specific, okay, these two schools need to reach out to me. Um, I was going in pretty open. And that's kind of what I told coaches, too, is I'm open to any experience. Um, just kind of wanted to hear what certain people had to say.
0: So how does, how did that work staying on that topic then? I mean, you are a designated hitter, right? And that's what you, you've made, you've, you've made your hay in that and you've been productive and damn good at it. How does that, you know, I guess blend in or go into the whole, um, idea of being a transfer because it's not like, Hey, we're looking for this position player first, is it, was it, do you think it made it a little bit more difficult or were you kind of a, um, a, a bigger catch in a way or uh, for the Huskers? How did that, how did, how do you think that played into it?
3: Yeah. I mean, it definitely has an impact. Um, I mean, you obviously there's, you have the schools that are going into the portal looking for the shortstops or the, the center fielders. Um, and I, I mean, I'll be the first to admit, like, I, I don't have that. I'm not a middle infielder. I'm not going to be a center field guy. I can play a corner outfield position. I can play a first base. And I, I'm confident in my abilities there, but I truly believe that uh, my hitting tool is something that really steps out or uh, goes out compared to anything else in my game. So I think that's the one thing that if a school were to look at my bio, like, okay, like he's been a DH, um, I can get written off pretty easily because of that. Um, But then there's the other side of things where if people look at my numbers in the past and the production I've had, I think that's also like, okay, this guy can hit at this level. Um, we can look into it and kind of figure out if there's a reason he wasn't playing a position or that type of thing. So, Like you said, I think there are teams that probably saw, like, okay, he doesn't have a position um, and kind of got written off, which is totally fine. Um, I mean, there's coaches in the portal that need to get who they want, um, that type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think it didn't help that I've been DH'd um, my whole career, but at the same time, I mean, I'm confident what I can do with it at the plate and uh, also in the field. So.
0: How How unique is it, just kind of, Pouring over your stats here uh, with anticipation of you coming on, how unique is it for a DH like yourself to, to be as patient and take the walks that you've taken? And, I mean, and you now you look at that as what, something that I would probably safely say Nebraska needed a little bit more this year. They were a bit impatient at the plate, stuff like that. I mean, your, your job is to hit the ball. That's the idea. But is it something that you kind of trained yourself? Was it was what was asked of you, coached to you? To, to be that patient and take all those walks?
3: Yeah, I think uh, at Southern, our hitting coach, Coach Creel, did a great job of just, I mean, we needed production at the plate, whether it was getting on base. I mean, there were guys behind me. Um, actually, the two guys in front and behind me, I think, had 70 something RBIs. Uh, my sophomore, I don't know the actual year, but uh, I think the biggest thing personally is just if I can produce at the plate, whether it's getting on base, whether it's um, getting hits, just whatever I can do, that's my biggest thing. Um, obviously it's cliche to say it's a team game, um, but personally as a DH, I mean, all I'm doing as a game is hitting. So I get on, even if I can get, if I can get on base four times in a game with a walk, I mean, I think I'm impacting the game in a positive way and getting that starters pitch count up or whatever it may be, just trying to make a positive impact in the
2: lineup. Was your hitting coach at Southern Miss, did he kind of go with that new school major league baseball approach where, you know, you're looking for a specific pitch and maximize damage per swing as opposed to, just looking for strikes.
3: Um. Yes and no. I really liked what he did with approach wise. He was a big uh, okay. For example, our four hole this year um, had twenty something homers. He was a power guy. He's going to strike out a little bit more, but we're going to utilize that. Like he's a power guy, it's okay to sacrifice the strikeouts to him hitting twenty something homers. Um, we had more of an approach, kind of more so on the strike side of things, like sell out to his side of the plate, sell out to these pitches depending on what the pitcher has in his arsenal. Um, So a little bit of, I guess, a mix of both to answer your question. Um, Yeah, I mean, like I said, just looking for strikes but also looking for pitches to do damage with at the same time.
1: That's – so question, what was the – I guess what was the – we see what Nebraska did last year. There was going to be growing pains. There's a lot of things that that will get fixed as you get more experienced players in there. Just getting out there, getting the reps and different things like that. After seeing – the team last year what's the biggest place that you feel like you could be an immediate impact player
3: yeah um obviously I think the first thing that's a given is um and the thing I loved about the coaches is coming in nothing is going to be given it's all got to be earned um although I am transferring in although I've had success in the past just it's not like I'm going to be handed a spot which I love um that was one of my favorite things about the coaching staff is they're a blue collar team um I want to be surrounded by a group of guys that works their ass off every day I just love that I love that about the coaching staff I love that about the group I'm coming in um but I think honestly the biggest impact I can make I hope is with my bat but I think at the same time in the locker room um these past four years I've been able to be a part of some pretty successful teams super regionals regionals conference championships um so I think I know I'm not going to be a guy that's going to come into the locker room and start cussing guys out but I just just Leading guys on the right right path, Um, I think I did a pretty good job, especially this year, with leading our freshmen on the right path, whether it was development, if they had questions on what they should be doing before a game, whether it's practice, just things of that nature, just kind of putting the younger guys on the right path and letting them know um, I'm there for them if they need anything and just kind of setting the culture straight. Um, Obviously, I want to be a leader, but at the same time, I don't want to be a guy that comes in and is yelling at everybody and telling everybody what to do. I mean, Nebraska is a very successful program. Um, the coaching staff is great, so they don't need any of that. Um, I think just the veteran presence will help, though.
1: Yeah, that's, that's that's you know, someone that's as experienced as you are and, and been on teams that are very successful. That was going to be my next question is, are you going to come – I mean, obviously you don't want to come in and say, hey, here's what I've done. No one cares about the resume at that point when you're in the locker room. Are you a, uh, hey, I'm going to show up, I'm going I'm to bust my ass, I'm going to do it in the weight room, I'm going to do it on the field – that's that's how you gain the respect of the guys obviously um it sounds like you're being given a pretty great opportunity to be able to come in as soon as you're able to and and put the work in with with the team and staff correct
3: 100 percent, exactly and uh just kind of to go off of that that's going off what i said earlier about what i love so much about the staff and the program and just the opportunity in general is like okay they don't they're not asking me to come in and be a leader as in I got to be super vocal. It's like, just come in, work hard, do what you've done in the past and guys will feed off that if they need something to, to feed off in general. So I think it's a great opportunity to continue to do do what I've been doing those last four years. Um, and just to help dudes out if they need it, if not just be a part of the team and let's win some ball games type of deal.
1: That makes sense. A question. so, So you've played baseball up North and you've played baseball down South. Do you think there's an advantage, a distinct advantage to playing baseball in the South, obviously, where it's nice temperatures all year round, able to constantly get the training, the reps, different things like that. Do you think there's a huge, huge advantage to playing in the South as opposed to the North?
3: Oh, 100%. I mean, at Southern, which I'll be honest, I got pretty damn soft about two or three years in. It would be <laughs> 50 degrees, and I'd be wearing a hoodie and sweatpants and freezing my, my balls off. But it, <laughs> of that, I mean, it was uh, – yeah, there's 100% an advantage. I mean, we were in shorts all throughout the fall. Um, obviously it does get a little chilly there's this subtle chance it snows for two hours and then melts two hours later Um, but I mean we're outside the whole entire year spring fall even if you stay in the winter I mean our cages were outside we had a little roof over the top of them but just totally I mean being on the field is an advantage that you really can't can't change or just replicate I mean obviously the indoor is great having an indoor facility is awesome Um, but just the advantages of the teams in the South being on the field like all year round is just something you can't
0: beat. Charlie, so what's you it, had good fits. I was just gonna ask, connected to that, what's it gonna take for <clears throat> schools in the Big Ten? You know, it's not you know, not out on the West Coast with the same weather you're talking about with the SEC and those southern schools and stuff like that. Is it is it just a commitment? Is it financial? Is it a a cultural kind of the kids that are coming in from these these kind of areas type of thing for the Big Ten to really, as a whole, take that next jump? Now, there have been schools that have been really good, Indiana, uh, Michigan at times, Nebraska, you know, things like that. What, In your opinion, is there anything that, that can kind of fix that in a way?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, I don't really know. It's just tough. I mean, baseball in the South is – yeah, everybody lives and dies by it. Um, whereas up here, it's a little different. Especially in Minnesota, you got the hockey fans, which hockey is great. I played basketball growing up, sadly, but um, it's just so tough. I mean, it's so hard to beat, um, especially in my four years going from Minnesota to okay, we're outside every single day doing something. Um, especially in the in the north, when you're recruiting kids from southern states um, to come up, and they got to make that adjustment. I think it is tough. I don't know. How to answer that in the sense of what they can change about it? Just because I mean, it's always going to be that way with winter and fall and um, things of that nature. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to say the South had late
0: October. I wonder if, from the perspective that you know, in the Midwest, for example, Minnesota, Indiana, Nebraska, can stuff like that because of the not so much Kansas. I guess, Based on the weather, you got to get these games in when you can, and I'm just wondering if sometimes you forego the practice and you lose that part of it because you want to play these games and you got to get the games in because you've got such a shorter window. Um, You know, football we've seen, seven-on-sevens have have come a long way. Um, You know, every state now has big seven-on-seven tournaments. The high schools are involved in that. I'm just – and that's training, right? That's more practice than it's, you know, in shells and stuff. And it just kinda of makes me wonder if, if in the Midwest baseball's maybe gonna have to to do something like that. You can't you can't go out and play four on four baseball. You can't play you know, you've gotta have what do you you gotta you gotta pitch, you gotta hit, and you gotta catch. Um, it's just, you know, I don't know. It's it's interesting to kind of look at that and, and try to figure out is there some sort of a balance that could come through that would allow your northern schools to have um, whether it's an advantage or at least just kind of stay caught up instead of playing catch up all time that's other, my that's my special teams moment for the evening <laughs> speaking um, of did you so you played basketball did fits. you did you play did you play football growing up
3: uh <laughs>
0: and please tell me you were a kicker
3: i was just about to say a funny story so i actually played football until about fifth grade and then <laughs> sophomore year of high school all my buddies are like charlie you got to like you played baseball you got to be good at football right and i was in my head i was like oh yeah like i'm pretty confident in the sense that i can throw a football and went out to practice finally had the nuts to do it and uh, I think the first practice I threw like six interceptions to the defensive defensive line in the guy i don't, never mind I don't want to go that route of disrespecting anybody but uh things I just should have I should have just stayed home and played Xbox or something <laughs> i actually turned into the punter so for the last game of the year um, I was wearing the tights the elbow sleeve and I, I punted like three or four times it went about 13 yards but that was my uh, claim to fame in high school
0: right there. Hey, the Husker fans have lived that for uh, unfortunately, so we're we're not there anymore. Uh, shout out to uh, Boom Boom Bishini, but uh, see, I knew I could do this. Research Hit the mute I, had, them, Zach. I had no
2: <laughs> sort of like the Woodbat Instructional Leagues this summer. Like we had we have a, one up here in Omaha. Um, there's the Northwoods Leagues. Obviously, there's the Cape Cod League out in Massachusetts. Are you playing in anything like that?
3: Yeah, no, uh, I didn't really plan on it. Um, I didn't know how long the recruiting process would be. So I kind of avoided that, especially, uh, (coughs) past year I didn't expect it to go the way I did. So I wasn't really planning on going to get at bats, um, or having to go and get at bats somewhere. So no, I, I, uh, I'm planning on just working out and if I can get to Lincoln early, that'd be great. If not, I'll just be down in Hattiesburg doing that and hitting.
2: How's the hand doing?
3: Uh, it's a lot better. I don't know if y'all can see it. Um, but it's fine now. I had 13 stitches. I, I saw a report. Um, I wasn't hurt this past year. Uh, there were no injuries, just to clarify on that sense of things. But my sophomore year or last year, um, I slid head first into home and got cleated and was out for about two weeks. I had 13 stitches in my hand. So, okay. But it's all good now. Perfect. Glad to hear it. And, uh,
1: what we've seen, uh, well, a pup behind you. What kind of dog you got back there?
3: Yeah, I got a I got a black lab. He's
1: kind of uh, he's. Oh shit! Well, yeah, that that's almost Great Dane size. So good, so good for you. That's yeah, a fun food bill shit. to pay, isn't it?
3: Oh, 100 percent.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we got two Danes over here. So yeah, that's what that's what I'm stuck with. It's fabulous. Awesome. One hundred awesome. and thirty and one hundred and seventy pounds, and uh. I yeah. can
3: imagine that, but he's a he's a handful.
2: Love him, but he's a handful. Oh now, yeah. Being from Minnesota, are you are you gonna take him hunting and stuff? Do you, are you a big hunter when you're back home or? So. In Minnesota, never
3: hunted. Um, Wasn't a huge – I mean, we got a place up north. um, I would fish at a bunch, but never hunted. And then came down here, and actually this past year I killed my first deer. Um, So that was a lot of fun. But he – I don't think he's capable. I mean, he's sitting in the room right now freaking out, so he wouldn't be capable of sitting waiting for anything (laughs) out in the woods. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, you you know you got to make him a bird dog. Yeah. Get get him out there get the birds up.
3: He definitely could do it. I don't know if I have the patience (laughs) to deal with him. Uh, but no, that'd be a lot of fun. I love, I loved hunting. I love doing it. Didn't do it growing up. So it's a new experience. So probably continue to maybe come back down here.
0: Dude, shut up. Sorry. Sorry about him. Where, you were hunting. Was that in Mississippi? What's yes. the, what's the, what's the terrain like down there? Just kind of just more trees and woods, not evergreens and stuff like that. Or yes. was it no, just like the, open?
3: It's uh, just trees and woods, not a lot of pine trees. Um, you go to the coast, um, more so. Don't even palm trees—is that what they're called? Um, still like that, but yeah, nothing crazy.
2: Now, are you a big ice fisherman? Then, uh, when you're up there in Minnesota,
3: never done that either. Never done that either. I I should have lied to you and said yes, but then if you asked any
2: other questions, then no, I don't. I don't know shit about to come, and they talk about ice fishing. Like, there's no, no, I got nothing else. Um,
3: definitely something I want to do. I've just never done it.
0: I can't I, I can't understand why you'd want to go sit your ass on the cold and and fish. I mean, it's hard enough when it's 90 degrees and you got a cooler of beer and you're trying to enjoy yourself and it's like it's so I don't know. I just I they can have sit like in, h- I
2: heated huts. The, the huts I, are could,
0: heated. Yeah, but then I don't know. It's like I don't know. I go sit in the deer stand and I can freeze and it could be snowing and there's something about it, but just the idea of going out on the ice, I don't know. I I'm yeah, I wouldn't, if you don't, if, unless, unless the state makes you do it, you don't feel like you have to on our account.
3: Yeah, no, I never know why people buy into it, but I mean, obviously there's something to it. I'll have to experience it before I can speak on behalf of it, but. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Charlie, uh, in terms of your recruitment to Nebraska, was there a specific coach that you connected with best? Was there somebody who was kind of the point man for you or did you meet with the whole staff?
3: Yeah. So. Coach Harvell was kind of my main connection. Coach Childress reached out uh, through email and was just, Hey, uh, we've seen your past, know a little bit about you. We'd love to connect um, if you're interested in it. um, Let us know. And obviously I was, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but my sister went to Nebraska. So um, she graduated in 2018. So I knew a little bit about Haymarket Park, knew a little, not too much about the program. um, But anyways, we connected and we just developed a great relationship right away. Kind of everything I wanted. Um, for my last year is what he had to offer over the phone. Um, and then when I went on my visit, that's kind of when it all summed up. Um,
2: we, Uh, we do have a, a, a question from one of the, one of the listeners, um, and you kind of already answered it, but they wanted with, with your stats coming from Southern Miss, you were pretty coveted. We assume in the transfer portal, uh, the first question was, why Nebraska? How, how did you land on Nebraska?
3: Yeah, um, just to kind of go off of what I just said, I mean, the coaching staff was huge for me. Um, the coaching staff seemed, like I said, just blue-collar guys who love to get out there and work hard, um, guys who reward hard work, but as well as just their relatable staff, um, just everything they had to say they were honest about. Like I mentioned earlier, with the recruiting, it was so different now than my high school, um, high school stage, just because you can kind of see through what some coaches have to say. Um, you know kind of what I mean I've experienced college baseball for four years I've played some of the teams that were talking to me um, I know buddies who have played places so some some coaches recruiting pitches you can see through can Tell it's just I mean it works with a high schooler it's a little different now that I'm 22 years old um, but just everything coach Arbel had to say it was honest um, he was very honest about the struggles last year that they had as a team and I, I was honest about my struggles this past year as well and we could kind of relate on that sense of things where we can help each other out I can try and help help uh, get the team back where they need to be um, or make an impact, whether it's on the field or in the locker room type of deal. And we kind of just hit it off from there.
1: In your uh, years of playing down at Southern Mississippi, was there a venue or place that in all your time playing that really stood out to you as kind of a, a, a really cool place to play or anything like that, that stood out a little bit more than any other ones?
3: Yeah. Um, I mean – I mean, right off the bat, to be completely honest, Southern Miss was a great venue. Um, they had the right field roost, which just in right field down the line as well as in right field. Um, you could bring in your, there were like noted spots. You could bring your pickup truck out, just tailgate, drink beer. Um, so that was cool. We, especially when it was packed out, there was a gr- they were a great fan base, um, very similar to the Huskers as to what I've heard. But um, God, my teammates, my past teammates would kill me for saying this, but Mississippi state, we played there my freshman year and, um, that was freaking 12, 13, 14,000 people playing in front of them. My second collegiate series was pretty electric. Um, Ole Miss, we went to their regional. There's there's just a lot of places down here where their fan bases are huge, which make it that much more fun um, when you got people yelling at you and just all sorts of things like that. So I would say just those, those few. Obviously, we played at a lot of great places. Those are the few that come to mind right away. Like I said, my teammates will kill me. Um, for saying those schools, they hate them. I'm not from Mississippi, so I can kind of get away.
2: <laughs> now, with you know, you played 101 games in your college career so far. There has to be an at bat that sticks out above the mo- above the rest. Which one is that? It's a good question. Um,
3: my first career hit was a pinch hit. Pretty cool. It was a double down the line. But my favorite at bat probably was my freshman year actually at Mississippi State Friday night. I pinched it in the top of the 10th, I think it was, and had the game-winning single. Um, And that was kind of a surreal moment. I don't know how I did it. I don't even – I think I just closed my eyes and swung. Uh, (laughs) Through a great game. It was pretty cool.
0: So what's the – you're you're going up to bat and the roost is – just kind of going crazy down there in, in Southern Miss for you. What's the song that's playing when you go, what's your stinger?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I've had some pretty bad walk-ups. Um.
0: <laughs> so we've been – it's funny. We've been asking some of the football guys, you know, like what – if they could have a walkout song, you know, coming out to – and, of course, one of them was a kicker, so <laughs> screw you, Zach. Um, but, you know, because they're like, we don't get to do that. We don't get to have this one song playing and it's just me – Everybody looking at me, listening to my song, you know, Madonna or Prince, well, not whatever. Divas
1: be. like you guys.
2: Yeah, no, I think <laughs> I, I think all other sports like that. That's one thing from baseball that they all would they would all want is a yeah. walkout song.
3: No, I've had some uh, I've had some pretty bad walkups. I'm not going to admit them. I'm sure y'all can find them somewhere. I've had some rap.
0: We're not re- we're not recording, and we have four fans, so you can go ahead and share them.
3: No, I couldn't even tell you what they are uh, to be. Party clear. in the USA. Well, uh, I had hey, don't like, wrecking Miley. ball. Oh no, no, Miley Cyrus. I should have gone that route at this point. <laughs> uh, but no, I had, uh, I had Luke Combs, the country singer this past year. And about three weeks in, I think my girlfriend was like, look, like you're from Minnesota. Like, why the hell do you have a Luke Combs song? And it, that hurt my feelings a little bit. And then I changed it and just the rest <laughs> of the country. Um, yeah, no, we've been all over in that regards. Like, I thought it was super cool at first to have a rap song and then realized, like, ooh, I don't know. You guys Nobody
2: don't know. down there listened to it?
3: No, uh, our fan base, great fan base, but a lot of, like, part of the fan base is an older crowd, so they're just like, what is this guy playing? Like, they're just <laughs> screaming in my ears, like, this guy sucks. So um, so you'll no, fit, I- it'll
1: fit in great with the Nebraska fans because <laughs> it's about the same thing coming up here.
3: Oh, yeah. Dude, just a no, bunch of fucking blue the- hairs
0: future teammates about how to pick a good walkout because I'm not doing it. I'll tell you that much. I think there's there's almost a I don't know there's almost a kind of a slap in the face. I appreciate the guys that just pick the one that is kind of the dumbest like why is that the song you pick because it, it creates like a humility and yeah. then for them it's like who cares what anybody else thinks that that's, that's, they get in their mechanics they go through their you know pre-hitting stuff or whatever and then they go up and you know, and it's like Backstreet Boys or something like that. So, you know, that's what that's what you gotta you gotta pick something for this next season that nobody's gonna expect. No.
2: Yeah, you know, one of my people favorite people... walk-up song stories is uh, Wilmer Flores. He plays for the Giants now, but he does the Friends song because when he lived in New York, that's how he learned English was watching Friends.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I'll need to do something. Longer. I might just have you all pick it out to be honest, because I I need I need help. With regards. <laughs>
0: Theme song theme song from Fargo? Is that too on the nose?
3: Never – don't even know what you're talking about, but sure, we'll do it.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a it's a, fam- it's a famous movie from Minnesota. It's uh, North Dakota, <laughs> Minnesota, right? Did I just screw up my entire joke because it's North Dakota? Yeah, I think yeah, I did. You did. My, dad yeah.
3: definitely, my dad's from North Dakota, so he would definitely understand that, but I'll, I'm yeah. just going to feel like an idiot for a little bit right now because I
2: don't. Now, Charlie, you're, you're one of quite a few transfers joining the baseball team, and obviously recruiting's not done with all the turnover – um, any of the other new guys that you've gotten really close with since, since committing or throughout that process? Yeah. So, I mean, i
3: have just a classic, followed a few on social media. Um, haven't had too many conversations. Ryan Sleeper, who's coming from the junior college. I actually kind of grew up with him, played with him growing up. Um, so I know him pretty well. And that's about the only one, obviously I'm excited to get to know the guys and kind of go from there. That's one of the reasons I want to get there early is to just kind of get to know some of the guys that are already in Lincoln and build relationships with them pretty early. So it's, it's nothing crazy kind of
0: going into the year. Will your now that you're getting a little bit closer to, to home, will your uh, parents be able to come down to to Lincoln and, or visit some of the big 10 schools and watch you play? Is that a little bit easier? Maybe they did. Maybe they already did when you were down at Southern Miss.
3: Yeah, they actually, uh, my dad worked remote this past year and a half, I guess. So they got a place in Hattiesburg. They were actually able to travel every, uh, every game this past year which was cool Um, but yeah six hours away I think on the dot is Lincoln Dewey Dinah so the best part about it is I'll be able to have buddies that haven't seen me play in college they'll easily easily be able to come um, as well as I can make it home and I got a few buddies that play football back in Minnesota so I haven't seen them play in college which will be cool as well but I'm also excited Um, very grateful for my time in the South but you can branch out and see um, places in the Big Ten as well as other schools in the Midwest as well
2: well, I will, oh, I tell, will you, tell you, um, I'm almost 100% positive your home stadium is going to be the cream of the crop in the Big Ten, and I don't <laughs> think it's close. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, lot, not, what is it? Not all the uh, other Big Ten schools value baseball like uh, Nebraska and, and, and everywhere else. So, Well, I yeah.
2: think our advantage, too, is we we invested in baseball when we were still in the Big 12. Yep. Yeah. Pay market came around when we were competing with Texas and Oklahoma, Oklahoma state. So th- I, that's our advantage there. Uh, Charlie being a baseball guy, does baseball then kind of fit into your favorite category of sports movies or.
3: Yeah, I guess I'm just embarrassing myself. I'm not a huge movie <laughs> guy. Um, I am, I love movies, but I'm trying to think of one right now and it can't even come to my head. Like, have I've... you
0: seen, have you seen major league? Nope. haven't seen that. haven't, uh, write it write it down you got I'm telling One, you like I don't know and if you, three. three is terrible but you got to watch them all <laughs> Oh I got to you got to watch so. Major League I'm telling you find it stream it tonight you can thank us you can thank us later you will it is amazing Yeah it is hey, amazing. amazing
3: like who's your all the huge sports movies I've never seen which maybe it's on <laughs> my parents for just having
2: given me a terrible childhood uh, <laughs> No, but I just I don't know what it is. I have no idea. What Up to Lincoln soon enough. Every year, MLB now is doing a game at Field of Dreams in Iowa, where they filmed the movie. But that's just right across the river from Omaha, so it's about an hour hour and a half outside of Lincoln, wow. um, which is a pretty cool event.
3: Yeah, no, that's uh, I'll have to look into
2: that. That'd
0: be a lot of fun. Well, I last year it was the Yankees. I don't remember who they played, but it was pretty cool. Was it Tigers? I think it was Yankees and Tigers. It might have been. And, I don't know. I might be making that up like I made up that Fargo is in Minnesota, so don't believe a word I'm saying.
1: So, yeah, we can't so trust you, you.
0: No, not, not at all. You, uh, you you hunted down in Mississippi. Um, you What do you do then when you're not swinging the bat?
3: Oh, that's a great question. Um, one thing I will admit about our team, we love hanging out together. Just a lot of – whether it's hanging out at one of the guys' houses or um, kind of going out into the town and stuff. We did a lot of stuff together as a team. Um, hang out with the dog as much. I mean, it's Hattiesburg. I golf a lot, really bad at it, but I golf a lot. Um,
2: most people
0: are, I think everybody's bad at it. Everybody's mm-hmm. bad.
3: I got one teammate who's really good and it almost sucks playing with him. Cause he gets mad when he does something bad. And it's like, dude, I've been doing that for 17 holes. Like it's okay. <laughs> if um, you had
0: to, if you had to guess, just looking at Zach, would you say good golfer or bad golfer? Elite. Oh, elite. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Long drive champion, you bet.
0: I, <laughs> that might be my favorite answer to <laughs> any question we've ever asked on this. You know, short lived podcast.
2: I'll, I'll I'll rephrase that answer because I know where he's going with this. I don't think Zach's an elite golfer. I think Zach's an elite guy to have in the cart while you're golfing. That's
3: all that matters. That's that's the biggest thing. Is I'm the guy
2: that keeps everybody entertained. Yeah.
3: yeah. If, you,
1: if you got a good one of those, and you're good, yeah. That's all. It's, it's all golf's about.
2: I'm looking for a replacement. My last good guy to keep in the cart fell out of a tree last year. We don't let him back. So. <laughs> oh, man.
1: So we might well, have a replacement then.
2: Yeah. You know, I I think I might be calling Charlie when he's in Lincoln when I go play down there. You going not need to. I'm actually uh, the play. – I'm trying
3: to get the apartment on a golf course, Highlands or something. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to fill out the application and stuff for that, so – that's one of the things I'm trying to sneak in with my parents. Like, look, like when I'm not at baseball, like, I can maybe make it to the PGA Tour. So, they're not buying <laughs> into it, but
2: maybe
1: one day. Well, you got to try, you know. If, the, if you don't try, you know, then you I've, never know. You
2: know that's hey, for- all I'm going to say is Danny Woodhead almost just made the cut for an event, and he was a football player his whole life. At least you're swinging a bat. That's comparable. Yeah. Well, actually,
3: I'm a, a swinging lefty in baseball. I'm a righty golfer which I've been told hundreds of times I need to try golfing lefty, which really sucks to hear that. But, um, yeah, no, chance. Clubs are
0: expensive. I don't even know if you can – you can't afford to switch.
3: No. My mom's a lefty, so I could use her women's clubs, but I'd I'd get even more crap for that, I think. (laughs) So I'm just going to continue to be brutally terrible at the game and just enjoy going out on the
2: course with my buddy. You just need to sit down one night with the dog and watch about six hours of YouTube, and you'll figure it all out.
3: Trust me, I've tried. It's, just, it's, still it's still brutal. I've tried everything. Uh, but, uh, all right. We'll be all right. What's,
0: what's, uh, what's on your uh, what's on your arm there? Looks like you've got some work done.
3: Yeah, no, I got, a, uh,
2: I got a tattoo.
3: This is
0: great podcasting, by the way, when no one else can see this. But we're, you're going to describe it, so go ahead. It's, it's oh, a great
2: man. tattoo with a glorious mustache.
3: <laughs> I, uh, I'm not going to lie to you all as well. It was about 727. I was like, oh, my God, I got to shave. Um, but we'll keep the stash. Uh, but yeah, I got uh, all sorts of stuff on my arm. She's got it. Started it when I came to Hattiesburg. My mom hates it. Um, she still loves me, though, I think. Uh, <laughs> not, not totally confident in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, my whole left arm is done, and it's about all I'll do for now.
1: Yeah, some so of us uh, spend our money there. on that.
3: Uh, we got the Virgin Mary on the shoulder, we got a dove, a clock. My birthday, just in case I forget. <laughs> rose and a, a lighthouse from northern Minnesota. So, okay. Some stuff that means a lot to me. Some stuff that doesn't mean anything to me. But it all kind of piles up on there.
1: It all blends together.
3: Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess I got one last question for you because, so I think we've all played sports. We're all kind of finicky in our own way, our OCD way. Is there any like? Pre-game stuff or anything like that that i'm not gonna say is weird because we all do weird shit but uh anything that uh stands out i guess with your pregame or during game antics i'll
3: be honest no um i think i'm the type of guy that like in the middle of the year I'll be like man like i've had like two games in a row with two hits and i've done this and then i'll do it and go for four with four strikeouts so it's like okay that doesn't work um <laughs> No, I really don't have any at all. As boring as that sounds, I hate to be that guy, but I mean, all my all my roommates and stuff—they'll drink about three and a half bangs on a game day or energy drink um, of that source, and I'll drink one, and my heart will be beating out of my chest. <laughs> I not even see in batting practice. So, I don't have a—I uh, don't have any pregame antics. But I, I mean, maybe this year we'll develop one just
0: to
2: give you all something in the future. But uh, nothing crazy right now. When I was a baseball player, I was a right sock and left shoe guy first every time. Okay. Yeah. Just
0: one, just one of each. Is that what was that the problem, yep. or did yep. you put the others on?
2: Oh, I put the others on, obviously. Okay. And if I had a really bad game, I'd I'd swap out the cleats half and half. <laughs> so I'd have one red, one white.
3: Yeah. No. I uh, maybe I'll need to get something going this year for sure.
0: Who are the? Uh, this will be my my last one because I've just been full of great questions this evening. Um, North Dakota. Who are the, the... <laughs> <laughs> who are the uh, Who are the baseball guys that you kind of idolized growing up? Obviously, being uh, from the Twin Cities area, you you know Minnesota baseball's right there. Kirby Puckett, Joe you know guys, guys like that. Yeah, Joe Maurer. There are guys that whether it's emulating your swing as a as a little kid and then kind of building into it, you know, because everybody wanted to be Ichiro and hold the bat like you know everybody. Nobody
2: wanted to be Ichiro. Everybody wanted to be Griffey.
0: Why? I don't get, no, I'm just kidding. Who'd you, uh, who'd you idolize as a hitter since you're a professional hitter now?
3: Yeah, uh, professional is a very strong term. Um, <laughs> I think Joe Maurer was a big one for me. He had his little, like a quick swing training thing that we even bought. And um, he was just big. He's from St. Paul, I believe. So kind of watching him blossom. Not that I remember anything when I was really little. Uh, but when I was in middle school and that type of thing, when he made the switch to first base, just watching him and, Just how he went about the game, I love. Very humble dude. Hell of a hitter. um, Lefty as well. So, I liked idolizing my game of him and just watching him every day. It was also really easy. Um, You just turn on the TV and you can watch him hit every night. So, that also made it um, a lot easier to kind of watch him and things of that nature. So, I think Joe Maurer is the one I got to go
2: with.
0: That's cool. Very cool.
2: All right. I got got one here. Kind of similar to that. If you had the choice to end a game either – with a dig at first base throwing a guy out from the outfield at the plate or walking in the game winning run which one are you taking throw that one everybody's gonna take the home run so we're we're gonna throw that one off
0: you're saying he takes he takes a walk and it circles because they were
2: (laughs) yeah i think
3: i gotta go walk because i think i'm the type of guy that'll like like you said, take a four pitch walk, four balls in a row, not even close to the plate, and I'm gonna throw my bat and start yelling and going crazy. He's <laughs> like, "Man, like chill out, like it's okay." But I think just to kind of go off of where my career's been, I gotta go walk. Um, I don't know, I don't have a lot of experience on the defensive side, so I guess maybe I go with one of those. That's a feeling I've never had before. So
0: that that brought up the next part. Then are you are you team? To
3: be honest, I'll like there's balls I wish I would have bat flip, but I just get so nervous that uh, like oh my god, it's not gonna leave the yard. <laughs> um, I'm also I'm also not like a guy's bat flip I don't care I don't really get offended I think uh, I mean I've had plenty of pitchers mother me and send me back to the dugout saying stuff so I think it's okay if some guys uh, decide to flip their bat after hitting a, a deep ball
2: What was the uh, regional game where the umpire got the guy like pushed the guy the, the hitter to run to first base because he was admiring his, his like grand slam
3: Gosh Wow oh. I couldn't tell you. I know there's been a few. I know Mississippi State had one a few years ago um, where the first base ump was yelling at him. Uh, Drew Gilbert from Tennessee, he's had plenty of bumps. Yell at him. But I don't think there are uh, too many guys are fond of him. Drew's actually from Minnesota, so I know him pretty well. But I don't think <laughs> are fond of him when he walks up first and then throws his bat into the stands. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't mind it. I think it's a cool part of the game. It kind of gives players uh, – a a way to express themselves obviously if it's too if it goes too far then yeah there's the question marks and the things of that nature but i don't i don't really mind it
2: all of this started because of jose batista yeah and it wasn't even that serious (laughs) uh well uh, i think i'm good how are you guys doing over there I think we've exhausted Charlie of any possible answers.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know. I mean, unless he, you know, if you want to spend a couple extra minutes talking about punting or otherwise, I'm good. I'm good.
3: But he wants to come. I'll show you how to pin him ten yards deep. <laughs> He's
1: well, just got to, to keep run. growing that power stash, and we're good.
3: I know you know this what? Is about, this is about three and a half months right here. So <laughs> you go buy some dye and testosterone or something.
2: It's looking good. It's looking good. Well, I think the next steps after this, Charlie, is we're going to come up with a list of songs, and we're going to put a poll out for your walk-up. No, I think you need to, for real.
3: No, we
0: will. Are you Are you willing to state on this podcast, again, three of us listening and then the other seven, so ten total listens, that whatever song is picked, you will use if it's a pro. Obviously, it's got to go through.
3: Okay, yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with okay. it at least for
2: one series at
0: least for
3: one yeah, series 100%. I'll, I'll first,
0: it over that. first uh, home
3: I, I first get home series okay first home series we'll go with that to start
0: the year All right. oh this is gonna be fun we got a lot of time too <laughs> yeah. we're gonna we're gonna cultivate this we're gonna come up with the best four songs there's like a it's gonna be a, a no lose situation
2: yeah. can we do like like a virgin by Madonna? Just whatever y'all want.
3: I'll just as long as it's clean. As long as it's, uh, so I'm not getting in trouble for that, because that'd be a bad, bad way to start
2: the year.
1: <laughs> sold, <laughs> sold. Well, I,
2: th- I think we got some Sir Mix-a-Lot coming up. <laughs>
1: oh, I think we could get that going pretty well. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this bitch up. Fitz Drake, anything else for our guy Charlie?
0: No, I am. I've been thoroughly entertained. This has been this has been a, a pleasure, and and. Just a lot of fun. So thank you, Charlie, for taking the time to, to join us. And when you get to uh when you get to Lincoln and get settled in and schools all starting and doing all that fun stuff, we'll we'll get you back on and kinda of let you tell us about Lincoln so far.
3: Yeah, no, I appreciate y'all having it on. It was a blast. Um I gonna lie, I was pretty nervous coming on, but y'all made it really easy and definitely uh A keep me in touch with the uh the walk ups, what ideas y'all are coming up with and B I'll definitely Definitely be, be happy to hop back on at some point in the fall here,
2: for sure. Yeah, and if you uh, end up at that apartment complex on the golf course, we'll, oh God, uh, here it comes. we'll make a trip down. We'll make a trip down and play a of golf with you.
3: Yeah, no, 100%. Y'all got to.
2: We'll, y'all got to, for sure. It'll be a good time.
1: 100%. yep charlie we're professional idiots here so we put everyone's mind to ease and we do it really pretty pretty well i would say so um you know want to thank you for coming on with us it was a blast on here talk with you uh, as soon as you're up in lincoln get everything situated we'll get you back on here and uh spend a little bit more time with you and rock and roll from there but thanks for joining us tonight man it was it was a pleasure for uh zach fitz drake and uh charlie thanks for joining us tonight everybody
0: Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.